2: Welcome, welcome to the Trampoline Hall podcast. I'm your host, Misha Globerman. Trampoline Hall is a lecture series that takes place in a bar usually in Toronto, sometimes in other cities. People speak on all kinds of topics, with the one restriction being that they cannot speak on subjects on which they are professionally expert. After each lecture, we take questions from the audience. This is the Trampling Hall podcast. The way this works is uh, we go through our deep archives, and in each episode, we hear one lecture. Uh, some are old, some are new, but this season, they are all chosen by Emily Keeler, uh, who chose all these lectures for you. And by the way, if you like the podcast and you're in Toronto, you should come see the live show. Uh, go to the Trampling Hall website, join our email list, and we'll let you know when those shows are. But for now, uh, now is the time for the podcast. Let's get on with the latest episode. Um, You may be asking if it contains mature language. Uh, It might, it might not, but it might. Uh, There could be mature language in here, so that's exciting. Uh, But now, let me introduce you uh, to this episode's lecture. The topic is hauntings, and the speaker is Celeste Yim. I'm very
0: impressed. I'm so
2: sorry.
0: Did you guys choose your Hogwarts? Did you get sorted into your Hogwarts houses yet? I am good grief. I know, I seem like an Oakley Doakley, I know. But I'm good grief, Can't choose where the hat puts ya. So nice to meet you all. (laughs) And so nice to finally become my true self. Which brings me to my talk. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I don't, uh, I really don't like horror movies. (laughs) Um, I pretended to for a long time. By uh, wearing a T-shirt that said *The Shining*, so that uh, so the white guys would be impressed with me as a chill, cool girl. Uh, My friend Monica taught me that um, sometimes men do this thing where they choose one thing about you, um, so that like you know a movie taste, an opinion about a book, to project your entire personality, so that they can reasonably get mad at you later. when you don't end up being the the chill, cool girl they made up inside of their head. So I make sure now to give a disclaimer to all men that I go on dates with that um, I uh, don't like The Shining and also don't want to be in a toxic relationship. (laughs) Just like, I contain multitudes in that way. Thank you, Monica. Um, And yeah, I never came out of the closet because I was never really in the closet. (laughs) I was more just like, on the couch, (laughs) hanging out. Not many obstacles for coming out of the closet. I also just don't, again, agree with this thing of taking one thing about a person and then assuming everything else. Um, It also just seemed like this thing that was for boys who like other boys who wanted to have a sentimental conversation with their parents and that, for some reason, that narrative just didn't fit with me. Uh, Don't know why. (laughs) Just like sometimes how um, white people just like as an activity go sailing like that. It was just like it doesn't fit. <laughs> um but I knew that yeah like I I I am not like other girls. Um, as you can tell. Not like those Kim girls. <laughs> um but not in a specific specific way. Uh like more than anything, I uh I felt like things were kind of ambiguous and sometimes they were a little bit disappointing. Um but other than that, I I just like, now I'm pretty comfortable with this, you know, kind of perfect person that I've become. Um, And so when I remember this like quiet hum of uncertainty that I used to feel, um, I feel really grateful. And so I'm going to tell you about the ways uh, in which I've used theories of haunting to understand that my gender has, even before I was able to name it, always been uh, non-binary. that my sexuality was presenting itself to me, and that uh, trying to impress men in general is just like an enormous waste of time. So, I, uh, I learned about the histories of haunting in a class taught by uh, Dr. Sarah Trimble, who's a prof at U of T. Yes, a big shout out to Dr. Trimble, uh, and uh, I took this class because they're, they're they're one of my favorite profs, and so. I was kind of disappointed when I got to this class, did not look it up that much, and we were talking a lot about, like, uh, haunting narratives emerging in Western literature in the Gothic genre, which, to be frank, I do not care very much about. <laughs> I was just, like, sick. Um, and so, like, in when I started university, too, I was, like, a... Uh, heterosexual comparative lit major. <laughs> and then, uh, and, and, and so like, you know, like when bros at parties would be like, yeah, the gothic, are you interested in that? I'd be like, me? Yeah, definitely, for sure. <laughs> um, and so I'm in this class and I'm kind of like not that hopeful, right? Um, and my prof, Dr. Trimble, says something that, that, that really perks my ears up. Um, they say that haunting suggests that some kind of past that should be over and done with is still unraveling here in the present, and that we can use haunting as an opportunity to hope for a totally different kind of future. And I was like, wow, (laughs) that is very beautiful. (laughs) And so this is where I get duped once again. This has happened many times in my life by white culture. And haunting in gothic literature becomes like one of my favorite things to talk to like my very patient friends about for the next six months. (laughs) I'm like, let's do this. So the gothic, it's one of the first times that the novel as a form really considers the past. Right, so we've moved past the modern novel, which is like very realistic, and uh, medieval romance, which is very fanciful. And so it's one of the first times that we're seeing like a literature that is engaging with the reality that's being threatened by the past. So novels do this really hard pivot from like, and then we went to the hill, and now it is tea time, and I hope Heathcliff likes my t-shirt, like all (laughs) this kind of, (laughs) to like, did you just see our orphan half brother's face in that pool of blood. <laughs> so it's really, it, things change very fast. And so I'm in this class, I already think it's hilarious. Uh, my interest has peaked. And then I learned too that Eve Sedgwick, a queer literary theorist, she posits the Gothic as uh, also one of the first times that literature ever really considers or entertains the idea of homosexuality in the written identity. Right, so Cedric says that men in the Gothic they're grappling with this idea of gay relationships without being able to actualize them. So um, she uses this Gothic novel called uh, *The Country Wife* <laughs> as an example, which again, like I heard that title and I was like, I am asleep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but in the book, it's, it's kind of fascinating. There are all these, like, murderers, and you don't know who's murdering who. It's, like, very spooky, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> and uh, the protagonist, um, his name is George, because, like, obviously, and uh, <laughs> he has a brother named Robert, and uh, they both become infatuated with what is described as a glamorous stranger <laughs> named Gil Martin. <laughs> Gil Martin is the gayest name I have ever heard. <laughs> um, gay, everyone knows gays love a hyphenation. So um, many times during the novel, like these brothers who are also, by the way, like courting women on the side, uh, express like many different kinds of longings to be near Gil Martin. <laughs> and then Gil Martin impersonates both of the brothers, so he assumes the identities of the brothers. And so you have three men in this weird, weird novel, and people are dying around them, and they just want to be like each other. They miss each other when they're not near each other. Uh, Two of them are brothers, and they just keep forgetting that they're brothers. (laughs) It's very unsettling, uh, very, I feel like, you know in Call Me By Your Name when that boy fingers that peach? That is more subtle than what is happening <laughs> in a country wife. So <laughs> there are these relationships, right, that have all these kinds of like unclear sexual boundaries. And so Sedgwick says that in the Gothic, identification is inextricable from desire. So think about that. Um, identification, so just like aligning yourself with, with someone you aspire to be, is inextricable. We can't have it without desire wanting to be with that same someone (laughs) what cedric is literally saying is that characters cannot distinguish between do i want to be like you or do i maybe want to fuck you (laughs) i love that (laughs) i love that the gothic is like this time where literature is is dealing with this past in like such a passive-aggressive way, <laughs> like it doesn't talk about what's happening, and instead it's kind of just like threatened by these these quiet tensions that are really caused by something else, right? Characters are just like, I don't know, I just like want to be like my sister, and I love her, and also she's like crazy beautiful, right? Anyways, do you want to go to <laughs> that fucking house on the hill or whatever? Um, part of this um, too uh, is is that I find so um, delightful is that there's just so much like hilariously thinly veiled incest in, in the gothic and that is like one of my favorite all time belly laugh topics is when siblings are just a little too close <laughs> and then conversely when you see a couple and it looks like just two versions of one person in a wig <laughs> it's just a side bonus for me. Um, you know, so most people think of haunting, right, as this child that is wearing, like, either extremely dirty or extremely clean clothing <laughs> <laughs> that comes back to torment whomever murdered them. But after learning about all this, I, I felt, like, weirdly implicated by haunting. I, I, I can't explain it. I, I knew I was haunted, but just not in these ways that we see. Um, haunting is one of these ideas that... that It was like I I couldn't believe I had lived so long without knowing so much about it. Um, And so it forced me to really think about what does it mean to use the past um, to hope for a better future? And so I was like, hmm, when is a time I desired something and it actually meant something else? (laughs) Huh. And I have a feeling that Many of you have guessed (laughs) what that thing is. I did not just, this haircut did not just appear onto my head. (laughs) I know I present as just a small Korean boy. And so, do I want to be like you or do I want to maybe fuck you? Describes every crush that I have ever had, (laughs) I realized. (laughs) Uh, And I know that because I made um, a spreadsheet of every crush (laughs) that I have ever had. Because in a crazy turn of events, I am a chill, cool girl. Um, So, you know, my crushes, I really felt like they were haunting me um, by pointing to aspects of of my life that just, they weren't resolved yet. Um, I would have these, like, frenzied crushes. And then afterwards, I'd be like, "Why do I care about that guy?" <laughs> um, and so I logged all the crush data I could think of, right? So I did like name, crush time period, reasons I might desire with the crushes, desire the crushes, are the reasons I might identify with the crushes. Are they white? Yes or no. That's just for my own personal records. Um, And so I I realized I've I've long had these crushes on people who both present as masculine and as effeminate um, or what I used to call was, like, I'm very straight and I just, like, I'm obsessed with a lot of the women I know and love. (laughs) And that's my sexuality. Um, And so in my spreadsheet, overwhelmingly, the men were, like, stacked with all the ways I wanted to identify with them. It was just like a list of skills I wanted. It was like, is on the basketball team, knows a lot about geography, (laughs) Um, is good at drawing, (laughs) like stuff like that. And then the ways in which I desired them, they were just like very simple. They were like smiles, (laughs) Um, clean, (laughs) Uh, good good hair, yeah. And in the identification column for women, it was like, so this was one of the coolest people I have ever met and I would love to just talk to her and look at her for hours and hours. Um, And then the desirable qualities were also uh, extensive for women. Women are beautiful and men are ugly and that's a fact we all know. (laughs) Um, And so the scientific findings from this spreadsheet very clearly were like, I wanted, uh, to be so many men, <laughs> wanted to be near a lot of women, um, and that I just automatically, indiscriminately respected anyone with good hair. <laughs> um, <laughs> and in, I guess it might not seem very scary to think of my my haunted ghosts as like a bunch of dudes from my high school. <laughs> um, Maybe for you, like a, a nice uh, straight person, um, haunting doesn't come via such an unrest with like, do I wear pants? Do I like people who do or not don't wear pants? <laughs> maybe you did murder like a child and that child is haunting you. I don't know you. <laughs> um, but if you were in a movie and a, and a child were haunting you, you would just kind of um, you know reckon with that haunting. You'd defeat this infant ghost and then <laughs> it would be over and done with. But I think that dealing with haunting in real life tends to be less clear. Um, I think more often than not, it isn't some kind of like mangled face and like a floating piece of cloth. It's it's more about responding to this feeling that there's some kind of vague force um, trying to teach you something about your life. Um, and I think mine is, it was and it, it is still trying to teach me about who to love and, and how. And so at the time, I, I couldn't name um, that my crushes were haunted. And, and obviously, I, I couldn't glean from them, too, that I'm, like, not a heterosexual, chill, complete major, chill, cool girl, whatever. <laughs> um, but the practice of returning to those, those crushes uh, in order to understand these ways in which I used to be haunted was, like, so liberating. Um, the unrest that I felt was an indication that I just wasn't who I ultimately desired to be yet. And it was like putting on, like, an updated prescription for your glasses. It it reframed, like, this blurry understanding of the past, and and it let me see a different kind of future with, like, so much clarity. Um, Everyone is haunted by the sort of difference between what they once desired from the world and, and how the world ultimately turned out to be. And haunting isn't just about understanding the past. I think it's about being open in the present to this sort of opportunity to change. Um, and I think the whole idea of coming out really refuses to accept that there's still progress to, me to be made. And I I don't want to be stuck. And so I want to be haunted, I think, so that I can always be moving towards who I am, even if it's greater or, or scarier than, than anything I really have the words to name now. Um, I don't give a fuck about scary movies. And uh, were a man with strong opinions uh, about The Shining to haunt me now, um, I would absolutely haunt them back. (laughs) Thanks, everyone.
2: (laughs) Celeste Yim, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Trampoline Hall Podcast. I'm Misha Goldman. Up next, the q
1: Let's get this dinner party started.
2: Are there any questions? (laughs) Yeah, there is one. Yeah, right over there. Yeah, great. So if hyphens are gay, what about the, the other the other the other punctuations?
0: Um, amazing question! Exclamation mark number one, question mark coming in at a hot number two. <laughs> that one comes first, and then you acquire an exclamation mark as you what grow older. Are you older. just
2: ranking them now? Are you like, is this is like What was the question? Which no, was the ones? Question? Was the question? What was the question? I immediately question
0: became competitive.
2: The question wasn't to rank them, was it?
0: No. Thanks.
2: That's you. A, that's an optional activity, but there was a different question, right? But they're specifically about their sexuality. If hyphens are gay, you would demand to know the sexuality of all the other characters in the ASCII character set. Is
0: there one you're curious about in particular?
2: Yeah, maybe that's a better place to start.
0: Semicolon? Bisexual. Obviously. (laughs) Next question. You don't have the internet? (laughs) Pretty easy one. (laughs) Pretty (laughs) low-hanging fruit there. That's pretty much
2: it. Okay. (laughs) Well, there you go. You could just take it from there. Not
0: at all related to my talk.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Any other easy questions? Anything else people would like to know? Yeah, yes. Why don't you like horror movies? Why don't you like what? Horror movies.
0: Amazing question. Hmm. I don't like the feeling of wanting to die for 90 straight minutes. (laughs) Um, I, I know that people like inducing that. That panicky feeling, but I feel it uh, at the sight of many other things.
2: Right, so you're just you're so scared I don't enough.
0: I actually don't need it. Yeah, you don't it's need to more pay like extra. yeah, like let's spread the well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to take up space in horror movie theaters. <laughs> I did see um, a Quiet Place this week, um, and I and it took me like hours to calm down after. <laughs> um, but maybe related, John Krasinski can absolutely get it. So. Right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there you go. Does it answer your question? Is yeah, sure, sure it does. Your yeah, end. it does. Anything else? Anything else anyone would like to know? Yes, over there on the wall. Yeah. What other horror movies did you pretend to like? What other <laughs> horror movies did you to pretend, pretend like to like? like? Every single The Ring.
0: Never. I mean, I watched five minutes and I was like, fuck no. Am, am I really, going to watch
2: the end? It's a really hard genre to pretend to like. Because if it's one yes. thing to sort of sit through, like, if you're like, oh, I don't like nature documentaries, you can sort of sit through one and like, be like, blah. But if you don't like that's being true. terrified, that true. that's a really shitty thing to have to put up with. Just, would you actually go to horror movies and be terrified and just be like, oh, it's fun? Or would you like? Um,
0: yeah, I, I am a big believer in when trying to lie to a man using Wikipedia. Right. And so I did that many times. Um I remember specifically I watched prom night at like in like a girl's basement and it was like girls and boys sit on the couch and be scared together and I hated it so much. <laughs> and it's not a scary movie. You know what's gonna happen at all times.
2: But it doesn't, yeah, yeah, but yeah. But okay. It's
0: maybe it it might be like um the musical stings. Maybe that is what scares me. It's like there's something particular about the movies. I don't know i scare easy yeah sure Beisha. no well they,
2: they make them to scare you on purpose yeah <laughs> they, they, so what w- w- so your answer you, you want to know which ones And the answers were prom night
0: yeah i see prom night uh, the ring and the ring. Uh, i never saw um what are so other the like so the questions are what are ones you
2: pretended to see
0: yes even like um those parody scary movies is that what they're called scary
2: movie yeah where those pretend also
0: pretended to see those as well
2: you pretend to see the parody. even
0: the joking scares are scary and i'll say they're scary (laughs) right okay all right so
2: so it's the the movies the horror movies you saw uh to were in fact none basically yeah more or less Mm -hmm. it was
0: more like if a man prompted me a boy who was like "Uh, do we uh, do we have chemistry in grade eight and i'd be like yeah (laughs) (laughs) whatever you say
2: i'd wonder about the age because so grade eight is like the time that we're, (laughs) we're like
0: yeah um the spreadsheet is like i would say it it's, it, it's very dense in like the in middle high
2: school years. Right, it's a crush, there's a, a very the fast crush, crush rate. Yeah, sure. yeah. but there but
0: are some recent ones.
2: Yeah, okay, all right, yeah. good, okay. Uh, uh, any, any other questions all the way in the back? Yes, back there, yes. Did you tell us all the categories on your spreadsheet? Did you tell us all the categories on your spreadsheet? And, oh, if, okay. and if we were to make your own, what would that be? Right. Yeah. Because so you want you asked because you want to make your own. <laughs> yeah, What's I didn't missing? know how
0: detailed I should go into it because I was like, I don't have a visual aid.
2: Yeah. But
0: I will say that it was color-coded um, like in the gender presentation because I was like specifically interested in that. Um, I wonder if I missed anything. I don't think so. Oh, nature of our relationship, I put two. Um,
2: so gender presentation, nature of relationship.
0: Yeah, name. Um, um, uh, name. T- yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We've made and spreadsheets.
2: We know there's usually a name column. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, so, 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 are those all the columns then? Did we get everything that's in the spreadsheet? I'm
0: pretty. Sh- I'm pretty sure. So, yeah. if you want to
2: make your own, if I think
0: I did have like a miscellaneous, you had a, a, miscellaneous. a notes <laughs> column. Nice. You need one. You always <laughs> need notes. Like every spreadsheet in the world has a column for just notes.
2: Sure. Sure. So you just have like a miscellaneous. Yeah, what would you be never an know. example of like some miscellany that would go in there?
0: Oh, it would be like, well, I thought I had a crush at this time, and then I saw her two weeks later, and. No. Right. <laughs> so it'd be like sort of like a, a amendments to the
2: facts. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. So there you go. Does that give you what you need to do your own spreadsheet? Okay. Yes. Also in the back. Yes. Over there. All the way in the back. Yes. Uh, if you could pick one, man to, haunt, could oh pick God, one man to haunt, who would it be?
0: Amazing question. And do I only get one, like for the rest of my life, or his his life?
2: That's a. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. what's that? Is, that is that yes or no up to you. it's up to you so you can okay, do whatever you want you. with the haunting thank it's really yeah it's a freestyle free
0: um, so, like the flood of names that just <laughs> came into my mind is worrying right. um, I, I think I would probably I just feel that no man like deserves my haunt <laughs> and so to choose one would like be too generous if he had deserved, like, a lifetime of haunting by me, which I think would be probably, like, pretty violent, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know that I would like to give him, like, the satisfaction of getting to hang with me the rest of his life. So I'm going to take a pass, but I will say the list of uh, prospects is quite long
2: so there's a very very long list of inadequate prospects is what we have so none all of none of them but none of them if
0: they want to work on it and pitch themselves they can (laughs) find me after the show
2: (laughs) there you go there there you go gentlemen Uh, yes over there in the second row yeah What is your favorite gothic novel? Okay, so
0: as I said, I know very little about the gothic in general, Um, and I and like The Country Wife is the only one I did extensively look into. But another um, possible like book that I thought about, or a movie story that I thought about talking about, was is Crimson Peak, which is not uh, like actually gothic, but it's like a a Del Toro movie that came out I don't know a few years ago, Mm -hmm. and it's uh, it, it. I think you'll find that the themes I have. Spoken about are heavily, heavily uh, included, and so cr- watch *Crimson Peak* or Google uh, *Gothic*
2: Wikipedia. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the <laughs> an- usually recommend. the answer is Google or Wikipedia, but here it's actually just we've we've got. Them I've all.
0: never once typed in Wikipedia.org. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: a good. That's, that's a good tip right there. <laughs> uh, okay. Yes, yes you yes, ma'am. Yes.
0: Yeah. And, uh, versus, like, the
2: uh, children's tend to haunt. So, so I'm, I'm sort of wondering about, like, the, the
1: difference in the ways that haunting right. appears.
2: So what's the difference between this sort of haunting that we think of now in popular culture, which is, like, haunted being haunted by a ghost? But, and then how do how the things that you... Yeah. So how, and so how does that different differ from an informed, like, contem- so this older version where you're haunted by someone, but they're not a ghost. Totally. And how does that connect with, like, this contemporary right. understanding so of being so haunted by a ghost? Mm-hmm.
0: So I think that um, Eve Sedgwick, uh, the, the theorist that I, I talked about, sh- so she talks a lot about how these sorts of tensions um, um, that are... Uh, sort of social, right, um, are, are, like, sort of find their way into stories. And that in and of itself is a haunting. And that's something that the gothic, by presenting these very, like, um, concrete versions of haunting, like a ghost or, like, um, you know, somebody, like, your old, your mother who has died, um, the... Th- th- that allows for that kind of narrative to happen, right. where a, a narrative that's happening right now um, is being affected by some kind of external so there's something in the past
2: that so that so that's the sort of popular idea of haunting we have now. When you talk about like the the past affecting the present and the future, it's like oh, there's this thing from the past that's supposed to be gone, but it's not gone, right. Because it's not resolved or whatever, right. and it's still here, and that's sort of the ghostly haunting. But then there's a different kind of haunting that's happening in these books, right? Right,
0: and then so to so to understand like the the idea of haunting in general. Um, is to is to sort of know that like forces of any kind, they don't have to be people, um, can find their ways into a present if they haven't been reconciled with. So right. in the way that like these uh, there, you'll see all these like very queer relationships um, occur in Gothic novels without there ever being a confirmation of that queerness is sort of this suggestion that uh, characters and and authors are trying to talk about these things and, and they and they can't they don't find it reasonable to yet in the gothic
2: so that's another thing that can haunt is like this this un this unexplored tension mm-hmm. or this unexplored desire or all of those kinds of things can haunt in the same way as like a, a, a child from the past or whatever like exactly something more exactly okay cool does that start to get at your does that start to get at your question did you feel that and, and these things become amended and, and then the idea is that they come back and haunt because they're not reckoned they're not reckoned with is mm-hmm. that the idea yeah did you find that the spreadsheet like did the spreadsheet I keep thinking it's, a, it's actually, like, it's a spreadsheet. It's a literally like it reckoning. Exists. It's a reckoning tool. So yeah. did it like, did it undo a haunt, like did it undo that haunting for you in some way? Like were you, haunt, I, I was thinking like, oh, like you're haunted totally. by that little kid, like by, by, by that, eight, like was, does that, is that happening there in some way? Or? Yeah,
0: I, I think it did. I think also because it was such a, I-, I linked it so much to like my identity and now that I feel that I've realized sort of those parts of my identity that I feel were haunting the crushes at the time, I do feel like the spreadsheet sort of mapped out the ways in which that was reconciled. And so, yeah, I feel really grateful to like have all the different kinds of resources to have, have uh, laid it all out for me. I'm a visual learner
2: in that way. Do you think that, it, that doing that like did What's the phrase? Like 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 Eve Cedric says you can't that uh uh identity is inextricable f- from desire. Mm-hmm. Did it extricate it in some way? Did doing that extricate identity and desire? Like did you did it separate who you are from who you want in some way? Like just doing that, doing the spreadsheet?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Um Yeah, I think that um you know, it's not like a perfect science, right? So, and actually it helped me understand that where, you know, the trends were that (laughs) with males I would like really identify with them and women I would desire them. But um, yeah, it helped me also understand that these things are so random. And so um, to want to expect them at any time um, in any kind of form is sort of also this liberating thing to not have to think of people as, People I will like and people I don't like. And that was a, that was an important lesson. <laughs> cool.
2: Awesome. Anything <laughs> yeah. Anything else? Anything else you would like to know? Yes, over here. Yeah. I'd know like, how haunting has like, informed like, your comedy or like, uh, intuition uh. as a performer. How has haunting informed your intuition as a performer? That's, as a, a, that's a good
0: question. Yeah, I think that um something I would have liked to talk about were I to have more time is like the haunting of spaces. Um, and that was like my first sort of uh, understanding of haunting, like immediately, like learning about that, I was like, oh, every space is haunted by something that's happened in it before, and you know, haunting becomes this really political idea where you know we are in this progressive Western world and we haunt all these lands that have been violently stolen, and so um, haunting in in these sorts of like professional ways and these artistic ways um, has really made me <laughs> so hyper aware of like the responsibility of understanding what has come before me, and how I I should act accordingly. yeah.
2: Yeah. Does that answer your question? Damn right (laughs) it does. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) let's hear it for Celeste Yim. (laughs) Trampling Hall was created in Toronto in the 21st century by Sheila Hedy and is hosted by me, The podcast is produced by Josh Block. Our theme music was composed by Matt Smith. Our coordinating producer is Kate Bars. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook. If you enjoyed the podcast, uh, why not leave a review or rating on iTunes? It really helps people find us. I'm Misha Globerman. Thanks for listening.